The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a, well, this is appropriate, a spoken word episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 678, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. That's my beat poet snaps. We'll do a poetry slam, spoken word episode. (laughs) Tonight, true Kavalt coffee. Get some. Put it in your cup. It's black. It's hot. It's hotter than a church in Norway. True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. Subscribe. Don't run out of coffee. Get great music. Get on the email list because then you'll know the stuff that we know. Like we knew about the Halloween mugs before the rest of you not on the email list because it was just for people on the email list. It's an exclusive club. Do it. (laughs) One of the cool kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then snaps because spoken word. What's going on, Snowman? <laughs> well, well, can't complain. Um, we got a lot going on. Not only just in life in general up here in the great in the great white north, but on this show we got a lot of cool stuff to um, talk about. But first and foremost, before we get to <clears throat> excuse me any of that, yeah, we have to uh, make the announcement that. Today, well, actually, it's there is no exact day that this special day is because, like, I it it slipped my mind 15 years ago, but sometime around mid October is the anniversary day of radioactive metal. Well, it's definitely not today since today's it's, November 5th. <laughs> yes, but yes, but we had so many things going on with just with Halloween and and just trying to focus on keeping the theme and all that. We had, we had some kick-ass interviews and all that. 
I decided, you know, we were going to make um, at least this year, this episode, we were going to acknowledge radioactive metal. Da, 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 15 years on the air. Wow. That's a long damn time. It is. It is. What people might, if you're a relatively new listener or whatever, like, you might not realize just, you know, um, that radioactive metal, okay, was one of the original podcasts, you know, back at least one of the original metal ones. Like, when we first started this podcast, there, I I didn't even know what one was. My first co-host, Darius, did. Dario Psycho, he had, um, he basically came up and said, hey man, you want to do a, uh, you want to do a podcast? You know lots about metal, I know lots about metal, let's do a podcast. Okay, well, what's a podcast? Well, and then he explains, da 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 So basically, what we're going to do is do a radio show in your basement, you know, because the idea of radio in a studio and, you know, the idea of an independent radio metal radio show at the university and college levels and all that, that I understood. Okay, but on the Internet, we can do that. You can do that. Yeah, let's give her our <laughs> rock and roll. So from then on, you know, those first those first couple of years, we were doing radioactive metal every other week. And then we kicked it every week, and now for the last 15 years, maybe once or twice a year, we've done an episode, you know, almost without fail. And all that. So it's, it's... All you hear is Radio Gaga. Radio Goo Goo. Goo Goo, yeah. That's right. That's right. So once again, congratulations and happy anniversary to you, my friend. Thank you. So much for continuing this ride along okay. with me. How many years has this have you been on now? It's got a be. great question. I really don't know. Like I, I would have started. I started podcasting after my kids were born. I think mm-hmm. because I think I was. I don't remember. Right? Was it like right when they were born? I would have, I started podcasting probably between 2010 and 2011. And so I've been on this show for at least three years full time, but I've probably been coming on this show here and there since 2012, 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. So I was thinking though, if, if, if the birthday of the show is somewhere in October, I say next October, we need to write this down, but next October, we need to just fucking party all month. Birthday bash, radioactive metal horror movies and our birthday. Like, <laughs> I, I, I cannot think of more fun that we could possibly have in 31 days. No, you're right. You're yeah, right, so, for so sure. That's, that's going to be the thing, along with the radio drama I want to do next year. Well, not even drama, but, you know. The radio program. We'll talk about that later. Forget I said anything. Okay. Yeah, no, you, you, you can remember the listeners. That's to the listeners. That's subliminal messages. Right you on. Like right on. Coke in the lobby. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> you need to go get popcorn. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Before we get on 
with everything just a couple days ago. Speaking of birthdays and anniversaries, I know you are a big fan of the big G, big Godzilla, and so am I. November 3rd. Uh, yeah, yeah, that hits 67 years young, the big guy was, is I, now. I can't believe that Godzilla is 67. Like, like uh, when, I, when I think about yeah. how much enjoyment I've had, and, and the thing is, like, you know, when I was a kid, it seemed way older than that. And now I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, it's only been around 67 years. <laughs> but it just, what an impact on pop culture. Like, like, what else can you think of from 1954 that has had that kind of impact other than the Stratocaster? Like, like, like if I pick that year, the Stratocaster and Godzilla. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's fair. The, the only thing I can really think of is some of those universal monsters, those, those public domain, you oh, know, yeah. the, the, the Frankenstein monster and the Draculas oh, and all that. Yeah, those those are really the only thing that I can think that has the longevity that Godzilla and of course his that's buddy really King point. Kong as yeah. well. You know, that's a really good point. It it's it is interesting how those monsters have really just had staying power, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves them. You know, I I wore my Godzilla shirt all day. I watched a Godzilla movie. I'm surrounded by I, I honestly as we record right now, I'm I'm surrounded by mini Godzilla figures. Right on. There's always right something on. Godzilla hanging out. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe I left myself open. You, you left, one. yeah. That's something I figured. Wow. That's, something, that's something you do. That's something I say Yeah, considering, considering I shared with, with the, well, all of our listeners as well, the whole kaiju thing around yeah. the around Snowy Manor here a couple weeks ago. Since... The to commemorate the anniversary and the birthday of the big G for tonight's mandatory metal segment, courtesy of True Cavalt Coffee, we're gonna drop a track here from the mighty Oxygen Destroyer. Yes, their album Bestial Manifestations of Malevolence and death dropped a couple years ago and they have new material out now but i really wanted to throw something out from this record so this week's mandatory metal for the big g this is oxygen destroyer with cleansing the earth of humanity's existence
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, hey, dude, what's going on? Dude, I don't even know. Like, legit, I've been trying to trying to think about that. I was checking my notes. I'm like, I didn't write a single thing down. Because um, last week, I talked about the John 5 record, which I am still rocking. Um, I've listened mm-hmm. to that John 5 record so many times, it's ridiculous. And then I started going down the rabbit hole. So, like, literally, I think all I've been doing since um, our last episode has been listening to John 5. Um, and whatever else kind of goes that way. So like John five took me down like all this stuff, um, going through his albums. And of course, then that's Rob Zombie. And then I found out Rob Zombie had a psychability project for one of the Halloween movies. And he put that out. So I'm listening to that album. And that's, you know, something totally different. And then I don't know how it happened, but I decided to put on the first couple corn albums. Okay. And I still love those albums. Like they mm-hmm. are really, really great albums. Those first two, you know, like solid. The first Limp Biscuit record is genius, and then they lose me after that. But with the week I've had, I did listen to Break Stuff a couple of times in a row. <laughs> I can relate to that song sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's I one of those songs all, yeah. where it's like, yeah. Like, there's a reason this had mass appeal, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, really, that's, like, that's it. I've been so late. Well, wait, no, hang on. Wait a second. Did I listen to something today? Somebody has a new single out today. Now, now that we're saying this out loud. Hold on. Because I did listen to... Ah, Slipknot has a new single. The Chapel. Yeah, that, that dropped today. Yeah. yeah, I was checking that out today. But, man, other than that, I've been lame as hell. Like, that's it, man. Well, you're gonna have to kick it in gear this weekend, and yeah, I'm hoping, and and all, and all throughout the week for I'm sure, for sure. The hibernation, like, just <laughs> sleep until springtime. Let's just call it. What do you get winter in the Carolinas? Um, it's it's really cold right now. It's like um, hang on, let's see here. It is. It's just so cold. It's for forty eight degrees Fahrenheit. So what's that in Celsius? That means let me, nothing let me to me. Convert it real quick. Let's see here. Yeah, I think it's. Wouldn't that be like twenty something? <laughs> I'll tell you here in a second. Okay. So I know this. This is great I radio. Know, riveting radio. Riveting. Uh, it's eight degrees Celsius. Oh, that's not bad. That's about it up here right now. Really? Oh, see, yeah. well, it's so yeah. weird. This. That's yeah. cold for here for this time of year. I'm honestly loving it. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, the dog and I will take a walk on lunch now instead of early in the morning because it's really cold early in the morning because it's still black out, you know. Right. Like pitch black. But um, now on lunch, like I go out and get a really good walk on and it's been nice. Like I just, I, right the, house, the house is comfortable. So yeah, yeah, I kind of like that sort of thing. Right on, right on. We really don't get winter here in the south. <laughs> no, I don't think, didn't think so. Yeah, not compared to what you get. Oh, fuck, don't remind me, don't remind me. Are you familiar with a classic 70s rock band called Fanny? No, but do you know what I think of every time I hear Fanny? <laughs> okay, I can just imagine. Yeah, you're, you're not going to like where this is going. Um <laughs> 
the movie American Wedding. You remember that one? No, no. Is that? Oh wait, that was like the fourth American Pie movie that or was something. The third one. The third one, yeah, because one of them were getting married, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Jason Biggs' oh. character. Yeah, his mar was marrying. Um... Allison Hannigan's character. Band camp girl, right? Yes. Yeah, so Jim Jim was marrying um, Michelle, and during Jim's bachelor party, like they got these girls, and then Michelle's parents come home during it, and the one one girl's in a French maid outfit, um, and you know she shows up, and they're like, oh, we need, you know the mom's like, oh, we need a mop. She's like, oh, master, put the mop in my fanny, and the mom's eyes like are like huge because she's all in character, like the the stripper girl, mm -hmm. you know. And um, and then the Finch comes out. He's like, "Oh, oh, it's we call it a car here in America, not a fanny like you call it in Europe or something like that." Just making shit up. And like every time I hear fanny, that's what I think of. Ah, uh, 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 okay. Sticking, sticking the mop in the fanny. So in the fanny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's actually not not too far off because wow. in in North in North America, like yeah. the fanny is the behind. It is the behind. It is. It is. In England, though, yeah. fanny is slang for vagina. Really? I don't yeah. think I ever knew yeah. that. Well, <clears throat> this, that's me. When you listen to radioactive metal, you learn something new every day. Oh, like, world traveler. Yeah. Well, <laughs> world traveler without ever leaving Canada. No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Anyways, fanny, though, to get back on track, was this amazing very very influential early 70s all-female rock band who were credited as being okay like before that you would have the pop singers you'd have the motown singers okay like the shirelles and the supremes and all that but they were the three vocalists there was very few female musicians and there certainly weren't very many actual bands that were kind of getting signed kind of breaking in to, to anything that remotely is considered mainstream so this band uh, this um, this this american all-female rock band playing their own instruments is widely considered like to be the very first the real the real trailblazer Pre Susie Quattro, pre. Okay, I lost you here. No, I'm still here. Snowy, Snowy. Oh, oh, you're back. Yeah, I, I've been here the whole time. I heard everything you're okay, saying. Okay, no, man. but yeah, okay, but I, it's, I saw the connection lost. Okay, I'm gonna have to. No, we have part, a connection. Part two will be edited. Okay. So pre Susie Quattro pre-runaways, pre-punk you know, punk rock and all that, was Fanny. The thing about this band, though, they made five albums through the course from 71 to 75, because around that time, every, every band was doing at least one or two albums a year, because there was actually such a demand for it. But... They put out these records. They they influenced a generation of female of female musicians. Okay, you're a musical connoisseur. Okay, I'm a musical connoisseur. 
how is it we've never heard of this band until this year? I didn't even know who this was this band was until I heard an interview on the Metal Priestesses podcast that I discovered this year, and I've been putting over big on the show because it's awesome. They all of a sudden I'm tuning into the first the latest episode. Oh, we're going to be talking with uh, with with the band Fanny. Well, who the hell is that? And then, as I'm doing my own my own research about it, sure enough, it's like, wow, holy shit! How is it I've never heard of this band? And I've asked, you know, just some people might not be the connoisseur that you and I are, but still rock fans that would remember rock and roll from the from the seventies and eighties. Not one can I get to say, oh, yeah, I was a big Fanny fan. Say that fast five times. <laughs> I can't get past that you have a big Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That, that's right. That's right. Big Fanny fan. Big Fanny fan. Big fanny, yeah. Big fanny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just funny. After, you know, you don't notice anything or you're only hearing it from the first time, all of a sudden it starts popping up or at least you've noticed it because now I'm, I'm in my secondhand record shops and sure enough, look, there's, there's Fanny records. Okay. This is, this is cool. And to top it all off just a little while ago, my art house theater, the Cinematheque, aired Fanny, the right to rock this really cool, documentary on the history and the life and times of this amazing band and all that so it's like holy shit i it just I, i'm still shaking my head how how did we not hear of this band before you know you have people like joe elliott on this documentary you got writers from uh the various guitar magazines and rolling stone and shri curry i guess that's not surprising all that uh, Patty Quattro in the latter years of uh, of Fanny joined the band as well. It's like holy shit! See, that's something I so, probably should have known. I, yeah, but I'm going to toss out a <clears throat> I'm going to toss out a theory here. Let me let me look this band up and see if I can formulate this better. But I think that there's just so much going on musically all the time that um, it is possible for. It is just absolutely possible for a band to, you know, ha have a career that time and they get completely forgotten until somebody remembers them and decides to make them a big deal. Mm -hmm. I hope that's the case with this. Well, that's what I think this is. Like, like, so I'm looking at the years active, 69 to 75, right? So if they're starting in 69, that is also when we're getting Black Sabbath. Jimi Hendrix, um, right? Yeah, Led Zeppelin, and like the Who, the Who, and the Rolling Stones were already tearing yeah. things up, but they're about to get deep, even deep more purple aggressive. as well. Deep yeah, purple, right. So, think about what is happening in heavy rock, especially. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of music going on, but but Hendrix set the world on its fucking ear, and then you get like right after that. Black Sabbath invents heavy metal while Led Zeppelin just starts doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So you've, you've got all this stuff going on. You have the amount of time it takes to communicate stuff, right? It's not like today where they could have gone viral. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So if you think think about all this sort of stuff, so I have a feeling that that they were really good, and somebody's just like, you know what, they need to get something, and so now all of a sudden everybody's talking about them, and now they're getting more, you know, more recognition now. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have had it then. I'm just saying that I I think that. You know that that's what happens because have you heard of a guitarist known as Sister Rosetta Tharp? Sister Rosetta Tharp. No, Tharp. but I'm going to take a uh, somewhat educated guess, and this was a blues or gospel guitarist. Um, a little bit of both, actually. Ah. And hang on, let me let me look this up for sure because I want to say that she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just recently. Okay. Um. She was born in 1915 and died in 1973. And it just anybody go out and Google her and watch a YouTube video. She's a badass. Like she's an absolute badass, but she is an African American female coming up ah. in the 50s and 60s in America. Mm-hmm. Like Hendrix was a fluke, right? Like, like, like the 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 acclaim that Hendrix got, especially when you think of what was going on in America at the time. I I guess attitudes were changing, you know. But I mean, like, when you think about like uh, Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, um, Little Richard, right? Like, like these black rock and roll musicians that were just amazing, right? Like mm-hmm. these guys are th- these guys are the very fabric, the blueprint of everything that I love. And they weren't getting the acclaim of, oh my goodness, who was the guy? Pat Boone. That was like redoing all their stuff. And it's just like, ah. So you have all these people today pretending that they've known about Sister Rosetta Tharp this whole time. I'm like, bullshit, you know about her this whole time. Like stuff's finally finally surfacing because we have the, the, the environment where we can finally talk about it, discover it. And dude... She should have been as big, if not bigger, than Hendrix. Like, you want to see somebody who's an absolute badass on guitar. But Mm -hmm. to be that much of a badass and a woman and black in America at that time, everyone... Oh, forget it, yeah. Yeah, the entire system was against her. Everyone's going to fight to, like, bury that. And she's amazing and it pisses me off that I only found out about within like the last five to 10 years. Uh-huh. Like this is, and like somebody, that, you're the music connoisseur. Exactly. Sure. This, this is somebody that I should have been like listening to watching videos and be like, Oh, how do I learn this? Because she is killer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And like cut from the same cloth is Chuck and, um, uh, Bo Diddley, you know, like those guys, like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm of the mindset that, you know, there are, Tons of great bands, especially when it comes to any kind of band that has a minority, you know, kind of kind of thing to it. It's, it's for for the it's especially when you look at the time, right? So, the Runaway, what year the Runaways come out? Five seventy five. Okay, so and, like, and, and that's when Fanny was winding down, right? Right. Oh yeah. So and Quattro was kicking it in. Yeah. So Fanny essentially kind of primed the waters. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they kind of started the path. And that's the same thing, like, I think about, like, Sister Rosetta Tharp. You know, uh, like, there, there's just, there, there's these um, these events that happen where it makes, uh, what's it, like, 
it starts to it starts changing attitudes, right? So probably when Fanny came out, there's probably because I mean, all all women playing rock and roll or whatever, like oh, I'm sure that went over like a lead balloon. Shouldn't you be seeing Jefferson Airplane and having a whole bunch of men behind you? You know that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So you know there there are all these just there's all these different attitudes going on, you know, and so. I think by the time that you know Joan Jett comes along, they've done some of the some of the groundbreaking for Joan Jett to be able to do what Joan Jett did with the Runaways, and then oh, definitely, going, you know, mm-hmm. oh, for sure, for sure. Like one of the one of the points <clears throat> that they do mention in the uh, in the this documentary is how the Trailblazer. The originator is never the one that reaps the the financial rewards or the benefits. It's those that kind of came later. Yeah. And here I am. I heard that. Here I am in my art house theater going, yeah. You know why? Because radioactive metal was fucking first. <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring it back to that. I'm like, oh, because, because we were the first and now we have all these celebrities. Cha-ching. You know, <laughs> cash it in on it. Like in like 20, 30 more years, they'll be doing a documentary about you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I only hope. Um, I only hope I'm around. Doing Dario. Yeah, I only hope I'm still around for that. For that, yeah, and, and as well, like another really good Dude, point. You'll still be doing this that, show. Yeah, yeah. I've said as, as long, long as, as you can speak. <laughs> Like, you don't even have to be able to move. Like, as long as you can still speak clearly, you'll be doing this show. Yeah, yeah. Even I, who says I speak clearly now? I got a wicked stuttering problem. Well, I mean, as long as you speak as clearly as you're speaking today. Like, if if we can't understand you at all as gibberish, like, you know, (laughs) I'm sure somebody's going to put a stop to that. No, no. My stuttering has always been part of my chime, for sure. Our chime? Yeah, it's always been part of my charm, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> See? See, there it goes. I'm also getting flushed talking a bit about this awesome band, like I said, that we should have uh, known about already. And when, you know, as the credits were starting to roll, I'm seeing words like a Crave production. And I'm like, okay, I have one of the Crave streaming services. Don't tell me I have this at home. Oh, do you? But I did I did check, and it turns out it's not on the one that I have, okay. which is fine. Like, I really didn't care because I couldn't think of anywhere else that I would want to see a movie like this than the Cinematheque, my local art house theater. It's just, that is absolutely perfect. Some uh, really cool new releases. Um, the new Exhumed EP, Worming, dropped recently. And I was given that a spin. And, of course, Exhumed, our good buddy, Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I think, although maybe they were due for a new album and all that. But, yeah, they're, we're just getting this EP because I think... The idea behind that is relapse is like, okay, let's get something out there because Exhumed are now on tour for the first time in how many, how long, you know, they're out killing it on tour right now. I think with, uh, I think they're going out with Creeping Death 
Bewitcher and Enforced. I just I was just checking out Harvey's stuff earlier today. So that looks like I hope hopefully that tour is just going really well with that with with that type of billing. Man, I wish that would get up there, but I'm really, you know, as you know, to hold me over until they do get up here or a new album. This worming EP is um doing the trick. Who is the who was the one that that quoted that famous that famous quote the 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 reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Oh shit. Who did that again? Was it it wasn't Churchill. It wasn't Winston Churchill. Is this okay, but that expression, you've heard it. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, in about a span of a week, uh, Calgary Meddlers Striker could definitely use that. Now, we've had Striker on the show before, and we've played pretty much all of their records, and I'm sure we'll have them on again. Okay. I think it was about a week ago, maybe about five days ago, they um, kind of put out a tweet about how they were done. Striker is R.I.P., Okay, so we all kind of resigned ourselves over to the fact that, okay, Striker is kaput now. Well, just a couple of days after that, though, they announced Striker's new single, Death Wish. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Oh, you were, yeah, you, you, you were playing everyone. You know, you were building the hype. Oh, no, Striker's toast. No, no, no. But that's, you know, that's just hype for their new single, Death Wish, which came across my desk. Good slab of good old-fashioned metal. Like, if you're a fan of, you know, of Striker's stuff in the past, or just straight-up traditional metal, you're really going to... Get behind this. So I'm like, okay, touche, guys. Good one. Good one. You really got me with that one. Um, as well, another really cool record came across my desk just this morning. Okay, this is the anniversary, um, the 40th anniversary expanded digital edition of Ozzy's Diary of a Madman. I saw that. Came across my desk I today. Did, yeah. I see that. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. It's been 40 years. One of the all-time great records. Yeah. Man. I just 40, keep feeling older years. and older. Like, as these records have anniversaries. <laughs> like, I was out taking my walk today, you know, walking the dog, thinking, <sighs> if somebody would have told me 30 years ago I was going to have to relive Nevermind and the Black Album, I, I think I would have been like, you know what? Like somebody put me in hibernation. Oh, no, I get that. It's it's hard to believe when you see the number 50th anniversary, 67th anniversary, 40th anniversary. It's like, holy shit. All right. All right. Well, with this new expanded digital edition, we get two live tracks Believer and Flying High Again. So if you don't have, yeah, yeah. So if you don't have this album, you know, at least on 
CD, this would probably be the opportune time to maybe grab this expanded digital edition because the live tracks were fantastic as well. I was cranking them earlier today with this record. And it's just really cool that this record came across our desk. You know, it's like, wow, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it, yeah. Even if we don't play it, which I don't think we're going to get to it, um, at least, you know, we're going to take the opportunity to let people know, like, this fantastic record, okay, don't take it for granted. You know, it's making its way back into our sub or into our conscious here we have never in all the all the coverage all the times we've had him on the show all the songs we've ever played from all his bands we've never taken mr matt harvey for granted especially when he comes up with a fantastic song from that new worming ep and i'm sure he's this is a big shout out to the dead kennedys this is exhumed with Nazi meddlers. Fuck off. Fuck off! Nazi meddlers! Fuck off! Nazi meddlers! Fuck off! 
That was the aforementioned new single, Death Wish, from the mighty Striker. Striker! Striker! (laughs) Okay, I think we're thinking the same thing. Um, Airplane. Airplane. That movie. (laughs) They're they're just a handful of movies that that just completely shaped my childhood and pop culture (laughs) for the era I was alive in. That's one of the big ones. For sure, for sure, yeah, yeah, both of them, both airplane, both the plane crashing and the one going into space, the sequel and all that, just oh, twisted. Yeah. Yeah, just, horrible twist. just the funniest, the funniest part that I enjoyed were the jive talkers. Oh yeah, yeah. Which, which I don't know if you could get away with that today with the political correctness and all that, but definitely not. Yeah, yeah, but I just, I just never. Even as a kid, like I, I just okay. That's the way some cool black guys talk. I never, I didn't think of it as a racial thing. It's just it 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 is what it, what what it was, you know. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> striker, striker, <laughs> which I'm sure uh, the band has certainly you know heard their share of that from listeners and you know like when they start putting together the band yeah man what's the name of your band striker oh like airplane striker striker and then it got to the point where after the the sixth person (laughs) okay like like what's the name of your band uh what (laughs) striker oh sorry i didn't catch that (sighs) striker Oh, striker, striker! Oh, shut up! Just shut up! <laughs> and here we are doing it to this great group of guys. Well, hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. But you know, uh, like I said, we've had them on the show. We've had them on before, and I'm sure they will forgive us. Earlier this week as well, while I was gathering up, enjoying all of this wicked metal, um, our good buddy, Mr. John Kadick from Iron City Rocks, who, and he's another one of the original podcasters back then. Like I said, like 15 years ago, there was Radioactive Metal, there was Iron City Rocks, there was just, there was the the programs that Bob Nalbandian was doing, like the Bob Nalbandian. Yeah, the Skull Sessions podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But there was only a handful of us, and Mr. Caddick was one of them with Iron City Rocks. Earlier this week, okay, on his socials, he announced that coming to the Pittsburgh area, your old stomping grounds, that Bruce Dickinson was on his way doing an evening with Bruce Dickinson, this like a spoken word show. And to which I was like, well, that's really cool. Okay, I'm sure that, you know, here's here's a guy who's definitely got some stories. You know, I'm sure just sit down like, okay, it's also Bruce Dickinson. Here, Mr. Dickinson, here's the phone book. Start reading. I'll pay for that. You know, because I, I don't it's know if I go quite that far. I mean, I, I think I'd still rather really hear him tell a story. Uh huh. For sure. For, for sure. So that's what. Excuse me. He was 
getting that was what was coming to Pittsburgh. So I'm thinking, okay, that's that's one of the the major markets. Okay, there's no way that a little secondary market like Winnipeg is going to get something like that. Boom. Sure enough, a couple, couple of days after that, well, tickets, I know, will be available this Friday to Bruce Dickinson, an evening with. That's awesome. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, here in Winnipeg at the old Walker Theater. You know, much respect to the Bert, to Burton Cummings, but not calling it the Burton Cummings Theater. I'm just not going to get out of that habit. Okay. So I made sure that when tickets went on sale, that we did all of our due diligence. And I managed this morning to snag myself a pretty kick-ass seat to Bruce Dickinson. Okay. Now, this is something I'm already kind of know what to expect. Okay, because I've seen Henry Rollins do this a number of a couple times. I've seen Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys do this a couple times. I know what I'm in for. It's still going to be somewhat different. Okay, because Rollins, Biafra, and Dickinson, three very different characters. But imagine but getting the characters. three of them. Like, definitely all characters. Really all <laughs> characters, you know, like, like wow. When 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 you put it like that, I'm like, no, like, and I mean, if you look at the three of them on the surface, you're gonna think that Bruce is the tamer of the three of them. But then, mm -hmm. if you, I don't know if you read his his book yet, but he's really not the tamer of the three of them. Like he's no, probably no. as bad as they are, you know, like like with the same kind of like questionable standards in their youth sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah. 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 And here's, here's a guy who's, he's a pilot and he fences like with the sword and all yeah. that. Like, well, they, and like before just... that, he just fenced stolen goods, I think. And I, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> in, you know, that that's a requirement to be in any punk band. <laughs> you know? Well, we're going to find out enough. I think we're going to be seeing a whole other side or just some shit that we just haven't seen from Bruce Dickinson. Kind of kind of on a side note, speaking of Rollins, okay. Ninja Cat Productions here in Winnipeg in May have announced that Henry is coming here. Yeah, I think Henry's coming here to, in February, to, possibly. Ah, okay, as into the Carolinas? Yeah. Okay, well, that's something you definitely got to make the trip for. Yeah, because I, I was looking to see if Bruce is going to come anywhere near here, and I don't think he's coming down here. But um, right. Henry seems to appreciate coming here, which surprises me. Well, I guess there's lots of... Okay, that probably goes back to the Black Flag days, touring up and down the East Coast. How how far are you away from Washington? Like, from, like from D.C., yeah. Oh, good 12-hour good drive. Oh, okay, which that's, yeah, that's kind of a hike. But if, you know, going along the East Coast, you know, you have multiple, like, it's not like crossing Canada, where it's eight hours that way, six hours that way. Yeah. Like, on the East Coast, you have, you can have multiple stops that are only a couple hours apart, especially once you start getting into the New York, New Jersey area. Yeah, but unfortunately, like, where we're at, 
We, we, we have the worst highway systems, dude. Like, okay. It is not easy to get from here to anywhere without passing through other cities that be have a bigger market anyway. Oh, okay. To, to get here, you have to pass through cities where you'd make more money. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> It's one of those things where, you know, I don't blame people for not coming here because we just, we don't have the infrastructure. Like there's a major highway that cuts through, um, through the East coast, essentially, right? Like North to South. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the uh, Carolina border, at least for South Carolina, because I really haven't done much in North Carolina, but when you get to the South Carolina border, that major highway goes down to one lane each direction. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then well, as soon as you get outside of the Carolinas, opens back up again. We just have a shitty infrastructure here. Like, like they're still in the in the 1950s. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. And, and that's being Sounds generous, like you know. Okay. Well, well, at least at least you're getting Big Hank somewhere bald, bald park to you. As I just heard today as... I'm discussing it, discussing it with my Ninja Cat cohorts about the Dickinson and Rollins and all this stuff going on. I found out that here up here in the Park Theater is sold out for Henry Rollins spoken word, except for the VIP. Those haven't been sold out yet. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Winnipeg is tra always traditionally you know, has done good for, um, for, for Rollins and, and Biafra as well. So good, good to see them on that. And I'm really glad, you know, that I, I managed to snag a pretty cool, you know, seat for Mr. Bruce Dickinson. That kind of got me thinking, okay. Rollins is great at this. Biafra is great at this. I'm sure there's others that, you know, those are the two that really stick out. I'm sure there were others that just come don't come off the top of the head and all that. But I'm sure, you know, there is probably a handful of other artists that, given the same platform, the same idea, the whole an evening with spoken word, Man, would probably make for some pretty awesome entertainment. So no better time than the present to kind of maybe sit down, pour another cup of true Cavalt coffee. I don't know, maybe I'll throw a shot of Sambuca in here and talk about who we would like to see, you know, doing this. What do you have any ideas? Well. I've been I've been thinking this through, right? And I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen more artists do this. Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, for, for starters, Henry is probably the most famous example of this. And he does mm -hmm. it every couple of years. He does a major run. It's worked really well for him. And he's even talked about why he likes it. It's him, a microphone, and a bus. And that's it. You know? Right. He just goes where, wherever he needs to go, you know. And um, I don't did did the Scott Ian spoken word tour come up near you? Ah, uh, no. See, see that? that's why that never that that's why 
yeah. that totally left my head. See something? Yeah, that there's an individual that would have been fantastic. Oh, it, it, dude, it was amazing. Like it was, it was, you know, it, it was on par with Rollins. Like it was that great, you know. And um, and I I can't remember if he has a DVD out of his spoken word or audio CD or both. Um, but I'll still sit down and listen to it just because it's just good stuff. It's great storytelling, and mm-hmm. it it's got to be hard for these guys because I mean, if you th- especially in the in the type of music that we like, right? So you don't have a lot of outspoken metal musicians, like 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 total total hams. I mean, if they are, it's for the show, but then they're normally quiet and reserved. Like Hetfield's never going to do this. Like Probably not. He's still too shy. Um, Lars Wood, I wouldn't want to see it. Right. You know, because because I mean, like you'd be there for six days, and he wouldn't still still wouldn't have talked yet, or or stopped he wouldn't talking. Have said yeah. No, no, he wouldn't have stopped yeah. talking. Is my point. Like he, he just he wouldn't shut up. He'd be like, "What the fuck? We've we been talking about for six days." Um, so I, I the first one that comes to mind, and I can't believe that he hasn't done this yet. Is Nikki Six? Oh, okay. Because Nikki's got four, what four, four different books out. You know, somewhere with mm-hmm. with um, crew and all sorts of stuff. But I mean, he has all kinds of material that, even if he just went and told those stories out live, out loud in Belgium, there, I'm sure there's other, other things we don't know where he could fill a show. You know, right? So like, he comes to mind. Um, so Dean Del Rey, comedian, podcast host, I would honestly love to see him do one. And, and he keeps like, he keeps trying to talk. It's great. Like when he has people on the show, he keeps trying to talk like Henry into taking him out with him so he can give it a shot or like him and Scott doing it. Because during the pandemic, I don't know if you saw some like the zoom fests that people were having, but, um, Scott was doing some hangs like him and Pearl were just like, do a hang where you buy tickets and it'd be just like an intimate thing, like only a handful of people and you ask questions. And Dean would be one of the guys on there. Like Dean is friends with so many rock stars and has so many oh, no doubt. stories. Like it'd be fantastic there, but I'll tell you what I would really like to see is I think I'd like to see like Dean and Gary Holt. And just the two of them get up on stage and Dean just, you know, they, they just start talking. Right. You know, because, because like Dean just has this amazing gift to get people to just start talking about stuff. Like I, I think Gary Holt would be another interesting one. Right. Mm-hmm. I think oh. there's a lot more yeah. stories there than we realize. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be a lot of fun. How about you? Like, like what, what's what's burning in your mind for this? Well, one of the names immediately that popped up because it was Mr. Dickinson doing this. Okay, and we've talked about, you know, before, like when we were when we were teenagers in the eighties. You 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 um you look you you pick up a Hit Parade or magazine, and it's Iron Maiden versus Judas Priest, just a kind of that sensationalism to kind of sell magazines that got me thinking, okay, if Bruce Dickinson can do this, God damn it. I'm sure Rob Halford could do this. I can't believe I didn't think of him first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I still want to read his book confession. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And see, the the thing is, you're talking about Nikki Six doing four four books and all that, but there's still a lot of people that aren't reading these biographies and all that. So the interest to maybe see these biographies in person, shall we say, to a, a lesser extent, that would be more of an appeal. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Nick Nikki Six and Rob Halford. The stories is just would just be be incredible because Priest, you know, goes back to seventy one. You know, when they looked like hippies, as opposed to the the you know the the metal and spikes and the metal gods and all that. Like that was a very different Judas Priest back then. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, man, I, I can't believe Rob Halford didn't come to mind right away because you're right; he'd have a lot of great stories. Uh, would, yeah, all through the seventies. Really, really charismatic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, for sure. I think that'd be a lot of great stuff. Yeah, he's about. funnier than hell as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the the charisma there, the stories are there, and he's gone through it all, like from the seventies, priest went through punk went through hair metal although some might say they kind of contributed with the turbo and ram it down and all that they kind of contributed that but they still went through that they went through grunge you know like there was a time where you know they maybe they weren't you know on top of the metal world but that in itself would make for some great stories and all that, and then his 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 now it seems like every other person now because fortunately we live in a society now where people it's easier to come out of the closet now yeah with today's political correctness and inclusion and just everything okay safe spaces all of these buzzwords are are all positives. So more and more people are able to come out of the closet. And that's absolutely fantastic. Halford did it before there was safe spaces, before there was inclusion, before there was political correctness. That in itself is just, I'm, I'm sure he could have a uh, have at least a two-hour spoken word show just on that. Do you remember when he came out? I do, I do. Like. Because because he had just what was the name of his band at the time? Uh, two, no fight. Fight that was his fight, right? Yeah. So I think fight had just formed. They had a new, new album out, and this is how I remember finding out. I remember, like I'm watching MTV, and you know they they bring him on with his band, and I can't remember if he's just just he says like I'm gay, <laughs> or or if they're just like and Rob Halford announced that he's gay, and, you know, and fight doesn't do and and it was. Nobody said a word. No one cared. Yeah, and you and know. He, like <laughs> I, I think it's one of the things where it's like I'm not gonna fuck with Albert. You know. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh huh. You know, but it's like, I, like nobody I, said a word. Yeah, we were more like, concerned. Okay. Yeah. When's the next record? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, like, like when's when 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 when's the tour starting? Like, yeah. So we got to give metalheads credit for that. Yeah, I'm sure there were a few boneheads. You know that started. to you know, probably stopped being priest fans and threw the F word around. 
oh, a lot yeah. when talking about Halford. But you were you're going to get that regardless. Even today, you're going to oh, get, yeah. you know, you're going to get morons and all that. So yeah, Mr. Halford, like yeah, sign so, so sign me up for a for a spoken word show. We already have Rollins does it. Okay, he's on the East Coast. On the West Coast, over on the other side, Jello Biafra was did it, you know, through the 80s and all through the 90s. And I'm sure he still does the odd appearance here and there, just like Rollins does. Back in the day on the East Coast with Black Flag, and I and Henry Rollins and this guy go back, back, back to those days in the Washington hardcore scene. But Ian McKay from Minor Threat. Okay, he's he's cut from the same cloth as Rollins, except he's, you know, Minor Threat was probably the original Straight Edge band. And this is probably something I think that Ian McKay would definitely excel at. I mean, if Rollins can do it. Okay, this, this is like you and I doing a podcast. Well, if I can do it, you can do it. If you can do it, I can do it. I think that's the same thing. Why hasn't he done it already? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just feels like yeah, a no brainer. Like, I, I'm like, uh -huh. yeah, you're right. Ian should have already been talking about this. Mm -hmm. you, you know, so along that lines, I think, um, I honestly think probably like a bunch of the bands from the DC scene would probably all be really good at it. Like, um, the, the guys from the Bad Brains. Oh, yeah. I bet there'd be a lot of a lot of great stories mm -hmm. there. Oh, yeah. oh, you know what? Yeah. Tim Armstrong from Rancid. Oh yeah, Shit. imagine the stories he has from from like the Op Ivy days, and just I mean, you know, he was a drug addict and strung out. I I bet he has some insane stories. Mm -hmm. And it's and you when you get to the point where you're interacting with the audience as well as well, like that's I think someone that would you know open himself up to to hearing because part of Part of this show is going to be the Q&A thing as well. Dickinson's going to be telling some stories and then answering questions and all that. So, yeah, yeah, to throw that, to to be able to answer or to ask all of these people, like, your own custom question, th that, that would be absolutely off the hook. And I can just imagine this this the stuff that Armstrong would come up with. Yeah, that's some interesting stuff. Oh. For sure, for sure. Um, Is there an artist you don't want to see do it? Because I've got one off the top of my head. That I don't want to see? Yeah, like, is there anyone you're like, no, like you probably would want to do it, but I don't want to hear from you? Um, I can't think, well, I can't think of any, okay, it all depends. It all depends, because like with Ozzy Osbourne, okay, um... I I happen to think okay okay with with um okay when the whole Osborne's thing was 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 going on okay and everyone would would always like yeah listen to Ozzy talk and all it's like eh, that's not really the Ozzy I know okay I can't help but think for Ozzy to do something like this would have been around that time of the Osborne's TV show because no matter yes he's a rock god but he was never so over 
with a mainstream audience than he was when the Osbournes was a thing. So if Sharon said, okay, Ozzy, you're going to go and do this spoken word, but act like you do on the show, I, I'm not paying for that, no. And now yeah. he's just, he's too old, and I'm sure he's talking like that, but just not on purpose because of his health and his age now. I don't think he was talking on purpose like that back when the Osbournes was a thing either. I, okay. I, I really don't. Like, I, I started to like, listen to like live recordings from that era forward. The only time you understand what he's saying is when he's either singing it or saying, the, uh, saying fuck. <laughs> like like that, that those are the only things that everything else he's saying to the audience is like intel is unintelligible I'm like what's he doing like, uh, i've also seen enough interviews you know during during that time and while no he's not a scholar he's not speaking like a you know uh a well-spoken scholar that lectures for a living that wasn't the aussie that i was seeing on 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 the show that's why part of like that's why i call bullshit on that well but i mean like who knows what what they do for those interviews and what, what they're doing to get them ready because think about this like i bet those interviews still weren't the same aussie that we saw in the decline of western civilization part two like oh no but the aussie yeah decline because is the most coherent aussie i've ever seen in my life right and mm -hmm. that's 80s aussie like that's the audio i, I remember Mm -hmm. But I, I honestly think like during the Osbournes, he was strung out like on painkillers or something, you know, and I don't even mean like addicted. I just mean like he was probably on stuff just to help him function or something like that, you know, whatever gets him through the day being married to her. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Like, like regardless of how you feel about Sharon, you cannot deny the work that she's done. And, and yeah, and for have and being married to him, I'm sure was a trial. I I honestly believe that she's probably a gem of a woman and puts on her own show for all of us. But I also believe that she is not a woman to ever mess with. No, no, that's like, that's I, fair. And and if and if you're someone who thinks, oh no, whatever, uh, she's gonna do what I want. Like yeah, good luck. I'll miss you. Um, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, like like cause she she's a force of nature, you know, and and I I I know a few people like that. There's there's a person I work with, who I would put in that category. And we were talking about something the other day. She was saying that you know she's like, oh well, this person hates me. I'm like, yeah, I don't think they hate you. I think they hate the fact that they can't pull one over on you because you don't take their bullshit like everybody else. Right, right. Because, well, because I can stand I can up to it. You know, like yeah, so. I I'm proud to say I I can differentiate a strong woman when I meet one, and a bitch. Yeah. I can differentiate the two. Yeah, there's definitely a, a difference. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm glad you kind of mentioned we, you know, just out of the blue, Ozzy, Sharon, and all that because next on my list, yeah. I really think Max and Gloria Cavalera would oh. make a really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, because be okay. Because you have okay. Not only like do you have the history that Max Cavalera has. Okay, they have been married so long. Okay, and have been a team for so long, raised a family together, yeah. and all that. Like if you could get her on stage, and focus. 
on that that aspect, marriage, family, all while maintaining this crazy ride. Well, yeah, like 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 a rock and roll lifestyle. Uh huh. Uh huh. And still still maintaining all this. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And she's like Matt Max is a great guy. Gloria is phenomenal as well. Like I love speaking to her. So this this whole like team thing, you're bringing up something interesting here. You know, you know what I'd really like to see. And and I've got some really specific in my mind that started formulating when you talked about this. I want to see Lita Ford and Joan Jett doing a not only like a runaways spoken word where they t- where they tell stories from the runaways i would like to see them both have their guitars with them and maybe play not not acoustic but just like you know solo electric kind of tunes and and even show you like oh well this is how we wrote this, this is how we came up with this like how much fun would that be to see oh for sure Those two that's women a great on idea stage together with guitars Mm-hmm. Like I, I've got goosebumps just thinking about that, like, and like, just yeah, uh, just jamming in between stories. Oh, yeah. like, like that sends a ch- that sends a chill down my spine. Like I, I can't even imagine that. But like, so here, here's who I don't want to see do spoken word, and you're okay. probably going to be shocked. I don't want to see Gene do it. I'm actually there is actually someone I'm surprised. Yeah, that hasn't done it. Yeah, but I don't want to see it, and I hope okay. he never does because I think it would be too fake. Like because I I know I know he has his his whole persona, but like if you're gonna go out and do this, you've you've kind of gotta expose yourself a little bit, and you can't be a complete arrogant a hole the whole time. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he could pull that off, you know? Because I mean, because there is there is a gene like there is a heart of gold to Gene. And I, you know, I've I've said that before on the show because I've met him and, and there's there's a different gene. And I would honestly like if we could get that gene, if we could get the gene that took me aside and said, no, man, like you need to listen to these bass players. Like, like here, check out these songs. And I like really listen. If we got that gene doing a spoken word tour, that'd be something. But I don't think we'd be able to get that gene. You know, because because mm-hmm. he'd be he he'd be in his performer mode because he'd be in front of a huge audience. So, yeah, like I honestly would not want to see a Gene Simmons spoken word tour, and I probably would not go. Okay, you know what? I'm you might be surprised to hear me say this, but I, I yeah, I think I would. I mean, you, I'm not half the Kiss fan you are, but I think I would be curious enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some something a little bit different. Yeah, we're talking a lot of musicians and all that, but there's a lot of unsung heroes behind the scenes. And one of them definitely over the years has been Mr. Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records. Oh, him and Johnny Z both. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, and Marsha yeah. as well. Okay, now, fortunately, she's no longer with us and all that, but during like when they were like the three of them together and just never mind the audience. Don't even look at the audience. Just look at each other. Tell each other stories. Those three. Wow. That would be amazing. Just, just from from all the bands that they've worked with and trying to put together metal blade and mega force. And like, I'm sure they were friends, you know, back then. 
you know, because they had so many mutual friends and I just, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, you you took one and added to it. That's yeah, just dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, there, and just let them ask each other. There. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Just because I'd be really curious, you know. Just you know, okay. As they go back, they're back and forth. Okay, when you first heard this band. What was your initial reaction when you first heard this band? Okay, well, what about this? And you're, and let's get into like, let's get into some of these people's not personal lives, but how about Brian Slagle's first concert? Oh, that'd be fun. Where did, yeah, which concert did Johnny and Marcia Z go together the first time? When they were first dating, I'm sure they one of their first dates had to have been a concert. Which one was that? Okay. <laughs> you know, that'd be fantastic. Damn. And imagine, Im- imagine being okay. Um, you you wouldn't have known it at the time, but as it turns out, you were sitting beside, you know, the Z's at that concert on their first date oh, and maybe I, I don't know you bummed a cigarette off of one of them or you know nice shirt had a drink together whatever and then fast forward a few years megaforce takes off and you're like uh, uh, man i was at the raven show with them <laughs> like like wow and i'm sure there's someone out there that can attest to that 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 can do that that'd be pretty crazy so, mm-hmm. what about somebody like Doc McGee? Oh, there we are. You want to talk about, yeah. And just find out exactly how much crap that uh, the Motley Crue movie was. Yeah, like I think it'd be really interesting. <laughs> because because if I was picking out bullshit, you know, all through that movie, I was like, no, that's not true. No, no, that's not right. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Okay, if I can do that, imagine how what he can do to 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 pull that apart. Oh, he, and he's how yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't filed a lawsuit against the film. To be honest, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of legality in there, a defamation or something, who knows. But yeah, yeah, just okay, he's he managed crew Bon Jovi Gorky Park well, as well. That's how. Yeah, most recently, like... Kiss. Oh, okay. Okay, so here are some outside of Gorky Park. Here's some. Here I am saying that name again on the show, like I have for the last fifteen years. Um, yeah, like holy jeez, dealing with all of these people, and if he's you know if he's Teflon, and not worried about people filing lawsuits against him you're absolutely right like yeah. holy jeez so another good one now that like my brain's really firing here but john joseph oh yeah like he's got mm-hmm. so many great stories he shares little snippets on instagram right like, i couldn't imagine if he just did like a spoken word show and the thing is like his show would be I can't even believe I could say this, but it'd probably be like a darker version of Rollins, but still inspirational. 
Oh, for sure. You know, because because I mean, he's he's a really motivational guy, and just I mean, you know, the fact that he's vegan, been vegan since what the eighties, I think, and mm-hmm. just you know the the Iron Man things that he does, just man. Oh that, yeah, that'd be like a, a lot of that would be him talking. Not just about telling Cromag stories and just punk stories, you know, all throughout the years, but just what he does now, yeah, and all that. And yeah, he was definitely that would make a great motivational speaker as well. So good choice, yeah, for sure, for sure. And we know he's a great guy. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me his beer when <laughs> when when I caught up with him last time Cro-Mags came through town. The other band, you know, they wanted beer on the rider. Well, that's fine, you know. And so when we brought him his beer, he just said, "No, Snowy, I don't want this. Go ahead, it's yours." All right, thanks. I was saying, well, yeah, he doesn't drink. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I remember. The day after, how, how many metal fests now here in the, the Manitoba Metal Fest when we had DRI and Gruesome? Oh, yeah. Here, uh, it's been about five years ago now or whatever. And when I showed up for night two of the Gruesome head, headlining set, DRI had left most of their bill in the cool, most of their beer in the cooler in the green room. So when I showed up, the first thing my cohorts did, Snowy, Snowy, DRI left their beer for us. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I think I'll be drinking that tonight. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Another really good time that I had in the green room at the Park Theater was speaking to Claudio Simonetti of Goblin. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely phenomenal. And if you're not familiar who Goblin is, um, led by Mr. Simonetti, they were, and they were, and they still are. They're predominantly known for providing the soundtracks, the the prog rock soundtrack to a lot of um, Italian horror movies from the 70s and into the 80s. Dawn of the Dead, Cesperia, Phenomenon, Tenebrae, Profondo Russo, or better known in North America as Deep Red. When Goblin came through here a couple years ago, we sat down with Mr. Simonetti after their performance of doing um, Suspiria, playing the music to that movie to the back to in in the back the, the screen in the back of the movie theater that that's what the park is while the movie was playing instead of hearing the music in the movie they played it live it was a phenomenal show i will never forget it that is one of the awesome things take that same idea but now instead of doing the backdrop of the movie and all that goblin plays live a song or two, and then he does the spoken word thing. Maybe answering questions, telling stories about every, the individual songs, what was going through his head when he first read the script to Sisperia or to Dawn of the Dead, or what was the interaction with Dario Argento was like. They, they just... There's just so many things going on. And now, like, the modern day 
goblin as well. Okay, it's it's just him and newer musicians and all that playing in Goblin because now I believe it's called Claudio Simonetti's Goblin just for legal reasons, but it's always will be Goblin to me because it's Claudio. And I know like this gentleman has got an, an amazing amount of stories, a lot of really good charisma and couldn't pull off something like that. So yeah, yeah, Claudio Simonetti. You know, something something like that would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it'd be killer. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other ideas? No, no. I think I think I've hit my limit here. Okay, well, let's kind of get into. You know, if you've never experienced a spoken word show before, probably the most famous spoken word album was Jello Biafra's debut spoken word no more cocoons one of those tracks was well at least one of my favorite tracks of always has always been one called names for bands and i'll let mr biafra here do all the talking about it but it was just basically his idea of some awesome band names when asked so let's get in to that from Mr. Biafra's No More Cocoons record. This is Jello Biafra with Names for Bands. Names for Bands. Every once in a while, somebody will come up to me and ask me to come up with a name for their band. I'm tired of all those other names. Think of something good. You'd expect the band to want to take care of that, right? But oh no, not in a society where we're brought up to aspire to be spectators by our media and by our school system. Still, I try in good faith, but almost every damn time I keep drawing a blank. So, now I write them down. And after all, it's a great way to meet people when you're new in town, kind of like carrying extra matches or cigarettes for people to bum. Yo, got a pen I can borrow? Hell, carry 20! <laughs> Me? I carry band names. And people need them, too. How many times have you heard the same old cliché band names? over and over and over again. Something new? Oh no, that's too hard, that's too difficult. Our friends might not like us. We might not get on a major label or college radio or MTV. No, pick a formula, any formula. The Lone Cowboys, Leather Wolf, <laughs> Night Ranger, Psychofunkapus, and let's not forget those generic bands that sometimes give hardcore punk a bad name. Granted, my favorite example is broken up now, but they'll live on forever in the X's on the hands and T-shirt and colored vinyl as investment merchandising. Yes, there really was a band that once that could not think of anything better to call themselves than Youth of Today. <laughs> Before that, we had angry youth, bored youth, bored suburban youth, white suburban youth, youth army, wasted youth. Bob Mould, when he was in Husker du, suggested young youth. 
and I told some of my friends at Maximum Rock and Roll, hey, you guys have been reviewing records for years and telling people how to act when they go on the road, but some of you have never actually done it. Why not do your own band? It would be great. Old youth. <laughs> and we've had dead youth, generic youth, we could have senile youth. Somebody, one of these other shows suggested redundant youth. <laughs> I mean, the first step to a really good band name is to start with a good concept. So picture this one for heavy metal. Granted, it's the most conservative and uniform of all loud rock music. No gym teacher could get so many people to dress alike. But even in metal, there's still room for a good concept. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to rock? Would you please welcome, live from Global Corporate Headquarters, this week's heavy metal sensation, Mondale! Picture it! Flashing on and off, 20 feet tall, and gleaming silvery gothic lettering that they all use now. Mondale, Mondale, Mondale. In a great big arena just swarming with all them zombie-like fans flicking the bics and lighting the matches and shaking their fists in obedience to their fearless leader just like people Sig Heiling Hitler in the Nazi propaganda films. Spot the difference. While these five Walter Mondales are up there kicking ass on the stage, each wrapped in blue business suits, bullet belts, Viking helmets, maybe a flaming tie for the singer or a paste on Frank Frazetta mustache, Mondale! He would have made a great heavy metal hero. Everybody sing along with me one time. <laughs> Lane Kirkland rules me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half the guys in Deep Purple look just like Walter Mondale now. <laughs> but maybe that's too easy an example. Maybe that's old hat. You shouldn't kick a dinosaur when they're down to their last million, after all. But those people up in the office buildings who wear the satin baseball jackets, you know, the geeks up in New York and Century City and Hollywood and stuff who never go to local shows but always know at their major label desk jobs that they know what kids want. Well, they know what kids want is speed metal, thrash metal, and the cartoon factor goes up accordingly, doesn't it? In one corner of the ring, you've got the good citizen upstanding metal bands like Striper <laughs> throwing Bibles out to the crowd, and oh, aren't there Farrah Fawcett wigs as fluffy as Charlie's Angels themselves? <laughs> With eye makeup to match. While in the other corner of the ring, the evil, dark, death metal bands who sing about Satan and horns and tails and the dark side, like Slayer. Yeah! And 10,000 other bands that sound exactly like Slayer. It's all going to be blown away by the desert storm of Islamic speed metal. <laughs> Picture Islamic speed metal. Call the band Magnum Jihad. 
and have the band members come out in black leather turbans with spikes and gas masks and Darth Vader robes and women couldn't come to the show till they had their monogrammed Magnum Jihad veil from the merchandise booth. And all you'd need for lyrics would be some of those real uh, subtle and tasty quotes from Saddam Hussein or Ayatollah Khomeini or Gaddafi, like, all Western countries are bad. <laughs> Nothing but evil comes from them. Or to speed it up for the anthrax crowd, Islamic laws come from God and therefore good for everybody. Islamic laws come from God and therefore good for everybody. And with every other 70s dinosaur becoming cool again for all the wrong reasons, think of the comeback possibilities for Cat Stevens. <laughs> he could either go the Magnum Jihad route with a nice fuzzed out cover of Climb on the Peace Train, Climb on the Peace Train, or just keep his old sound and If someone defames the prophet, he must die. <laughs> Islamic speed metal, Magnum Jihad, coming soon on Great Satan Records. <laughs> or when you become a little more adult, you're expected to reach for one of those new age audio sedatives with a mellow sunset on the cover and the mandatory computer graphic typeset from high up on Wyndham Hell or fantasy poo painting with twirly progressive rock lettering at the top. Either way, mellow out with the good vibes of Earth Fart. <laughs> or just when you thought it was safe to go back to the water, Leonard Skinnerd has reformed. <laughs> and of course, those same dicks at the major labels uh, in those satin baseball jackets up in the high office buildings are going, yeah, we've been waiting for this one for a while. Now that even the underground bands are playing a lot of 70s cock rock and sucking up major labels and everything, this is going to be easy to put over on them this time. Southern rock is back. Southern Rock is back. Got your beer, got your beer belly, got your tractor tires, got your three, four guitar players, four or five drummers, got your rifle racks, got your Confederate flags, got your racism, pork barrel! <laughs> or imagine all the images you could drill in your fans' minds if you called your band The Dentists. Or, ready? Electric meat. Pink meat. Anchovy smegma. Terrorists for peace. Black lung. Zion popsicle. My sweet slaughterhouse. Or, pets eat their master. Or, how about Taylor made for the cover of Spin and MTV, Hunk. Tits, ass, and money. The absentee thought lords. Criminal spa. War cookies. 
Republican buttocks. Shut up and buy. Frankenchrist. Peeping Tom Collins. Chocolate fetus. Great wall of goat urine. Tumor circus. Mosquito cleavage. Chris masturbation. Uranium playpen. King pork. Madonna death cult. Peppermint leprosy. Angel pus. Or the magic truncheons. The lone derangers. Three mile colostomy. The gingerbread werewolves. Satan's buttermilk. Air guitar. The janitors of anarchy. Lost orgasm. Root canal. Be my urinal. Bark on cue. The crotch puppets. Magnum Dada. God. Conform or die. Fun with treason. You're fired. Video sex pope. Al Sharpton's hair. <laughs> Cancer cures everything. South Africa. This still gets them every time. John Wayne on acid. Rogue boner. Radio free pig vomit. Or the Ku Klux Flintstones. Elvis Rehnquist. Crushed velvet vivisection. Dracula was gay. Witch penis. The Manson surfers. Bank of Sodom. Keystone stormtroopers. Sausage gone wrong. For the Nazi skinheads, Aryan embarrassment. Or for people whose idea of a full life is to drink up and boogie down, Frankie goes to the bathroom. <laughs> the Doomsday Pop-Tarts, Autistic Chainsaw, Bono's Charred Remains. <laughs> Sell Your Mom, Pneumonia Wranglers, Helter Syringe. This list could go on all night. So why, why, why be the 35th band in a row to call yourselves Bad Attitude? <laughs> Vengeance, or the LA Guns, when you could storm the globe as the Imperial Turdsickles. <laughs> Conquer MTV with Primer Gray Erection. Or coming soon to the Ritz, exclusive engagement, or they might not get to play, direct from New York, direct from England, please welcome failure. <laughs> or coming soon to the great big basketball arena, tickets $20 in advance, $120 at the door, fraud. <laughs> if you really want to get under people's skin and make them think, Forget dead Kennedys, that's already been done. 
But you can take a grainy photo of your friend and mine, Mr. Patriotic Freedom Fighter himself, George Herbert Walker Bush, and put that on the front cover of the album. You know, tilted slightly at an angle with that grin of his leering out. And title this record, Lest We Forget. Then hit him where it counts. Top it all off with the name of the band, Lest We Forget by Six Million Jews. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
Great stuff, great stuff. One of my favorite uh, collaborations, like pretty much of all time, that was Mr. Jello by Afra from his uh, record with No Means No, the legendary Canadian punk rockers. That is The Sky is Fallen and I Want My Mommy. That was some really good stuff. That was during the whole, um, oh, not necessarily after the Challenger explosion, but it was a couple of years after that. And just the idea of all of these rocket ships taking so much plutonium into the air. And if another Challenger was to ever have happened after that, like the, the, the ramifications on this planet would have just been brutal you know with the amount of plutonium that these rocket ships were taking up there and that's where the song you know the sky is fallen comes from and like you heard it's just one hell of a song <laughs> jello for all of his work with with um with the dead kennedys and of course his own spoken word but like his solo collaborations and like you know like his his music records Always deliver, always deliver, and that is a really good example. And another really good example of a band that always delivers is tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. We have had Canadian modern metal metalers X's for eyes on the indie spotlight before, but um, new material. Once again, a new single came across my desk and I gave it a spin. Really impressive as well. They uh, managed to corral um, Bjorn Sturd from none other than soil work to help out with this track so it's like yeah okay let's get them on once again so tonight's indie spotlight let's welcome back canadian meddlers x's for eyes with the end of summer Forest. 
of your X's for Eyes one-stop shopping, go to xsforeyes.com, and that's E-X-E-S. I guess it's not your X. You're not your asshole X, not your bitchy X. But, okay, in the cartoons, okay, the old-fashioned cartoons when someone's killed or whatever, you have the little X's on their eyes. Oh, yeah. You remember... You remember that? Yeah. Well, that's the idea behind X's for eyes. And I guess when you spell the letter X, it's E-X-E-S. Makes sense. And that is an awesome band. So check them out there. Well, my friend, a lot happened today for me up 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 on my end between snagging Dick Dickinson tickets and Aussie records coming across my desk and I'm getting prepared for another kick-ass weekend one of those reasons that this weekend is going to be so kick-ass because I'm going tomorrow night I'm going to be celebrating the birthday of my good buddy Ninja Cat Jess who I've talked about her on the show. She was working with us for a while um, with the Ninja Cat Productions. And, of course, now that she has reproduced, she's a mom. She doesn't really get out very much right now. So when stuff like this comes out, I always make sure that I go to her and show her just how much, you know, she's appreciated and loved. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend, and as a birthday present, I'm sure she's not a very big Mortuary fan, okay, but I'm sure she would nonetheless appreciate having their comeback single, Holy War, dedicated to her. So let's go out with that. Happy birthday, Jess. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, the best way is to use the internet. It's this new mm-hmm. thing. It's ones and zeros, beams of light, radio waves. You just think and things happen. No, it's not quite that magical, but <laughs> if only, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's going to break into the patent office, look at one of Tesla's patents and figure it out. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, drop us a line, rabmetal666 at gmail.com. Check out all the back episodes and current episodes, radioactivemetal.org. You can see pictures of things that Snowy and I talk about when we say, oh, yeah, check this out, at RadMetal666 on Instagram, Facebook.com slash RadMetal to see what's going on there as well. And I feel like that's all the socials. Um, and pretty much, if you can find a podcast, like any, any place you can find a podcast, rather, we're there. So mm-hmm. we're Stitcher, we're iTunes, we're on Spotify, thanks to the fine folks at the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Proud, proud to be a member of that particular network, and because of them, we're on Spotify. So really, I challenge you to not find us somewhere on the internet. And you won't. We're there. We're there. Yeah. We're, we're like the glitter of the internet. We're just <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. You know? We're everywhere, and we just won't go away. Like I said, it's been 15 years. 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other, other podcasts have started and ended in the time that we've been on the air. Oh, for sure. Hundreds, hundreds. Yeah, yeah. 
So we're going to bask in all of that right now as we say goodnight, pull this crazy train into the station. In the meantime, in between time, that's it. This has been a spoken word episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And I'm your Poetry Slam host, Aaron. Signing off. <laughs>